And welcome to another edition of Odyssey House Journeys. I'm Trip Mitchell. Journals. Journal. The name of the show is? Odyssey House Journals. And the name of the host is? Uh, Trip Mitchell and Randall Carlisle. The name of our guest is? Sharon Ewer. Wow, we have gotten everything out. And the reason is that good for the test? I, yeah, <laughs> well, just we uh, at my age, I'm having trouble remembering anything. So that was what was funny. We just started the show about two minutes ago, and I got the name of the show wrong. And uh, so we we're having some fun. But the purpose of our and the show, number is eight zero one three two two three two two two. Now that's that, all I have to remember for the rest of the show. Okay? Yeah. And, <laughs> Really, Randall, and you've done a wonderful okay, job. Okay, thanks. <laughs> so the reason that we're here today, aside from having some fun, is to talk about addiction and recovery here in the state of Utah, because there are a lot of people that are uh, affected by addiction more than you can ever know. The thousands numbers are and thousands. And it cuts across all socioeconomic groups. It cuts across religion, culture, anything. Addiction is something that is so powerful. I would be willing to bet that anybody watching or if you talk to anybody in your ward or your church or your school or whatever social gathering you're at, everybody in that group knows is either related to somebody or knows somebody who is dealing with an addiction issue. I, I think that is so correct. And you might be surprised as to how many people are really suffering from addiction. But the good news and the reason that we're here is to talk about the thousands of people who are super dedicated to helping you out and to helping the state of Utah. And so each and every week we come to you and want to thank Bill Francis with Comcast who uh, puts us up on Channel 17. We're also available as a podcast on numerous platforms. iTunes, Spotify. And I guess we have listeners all over the world. I, I, I'm glad you asked me that, trip. You know, we didn't even, we did <laughs> not prepare not this. Right? But we call, called up the analytics before I came out from the office today. And we've got, this is a list of the countries where people have listened to this podcast. So it's Switzerland, the United Kingdom, Russia, France, Israel, Netherlands, Brazil, Ukraine. I mean, and there's a second page. I mean, it's, it's incredible. It baffles me why anybody would, would watch this or listen to this in those countries. But if you are, thank you. And, and addiction is You're welcome to fly to Salt Lake City to get help. but uh, <laughs> Or to know. be a guest in our studio yeah. audience. Yeah, if you can, we'll make you a deal. If you're watching in one of those foreign countries and you make it to Salt Lake City, we'll put you on the podcast if you get a hold of us at Odyssey House. That sounds like a heck yeah, of a deal. Yeah. And Randall has got a lot of money, so he might augment you on the hotel once you get here. But yeah. that's another story. <laughs> if, you, if you couldn't hear that on the mic, he claims I have a lot of money and I might help you. I'll take you out for a meal if you come here. Okay? That, that's perfect. All so right. let's tell, introduce me to our guest once again. She, this is Sharon, and she came up to me. At, we recently had Recovery Day, which is a day when everybody in recovery goes to the Gallivan Plaza in Salt Lake City to celebrate the fact that they're in recovery. And she walked up to me and, and introduced herself, and I'm so glad you did, saying that she was a graduate from Odyssey House back in... 1989. 1989. That is, I just got married and I met my wife in 1989. Wow. And it, it took 30 years to get married. <laughs> well, and what I found interesting was the fact that, you know, we, we, have, we keep records of of people who have completed the program or graduated, but in terms of long-term people, you know, we lose track of them, and, and so it's really great to have somebody come up 
and you are still clean and sober today. Yes. Yeah. Yes, and and what, what is wonderful, and our gentleman who makes this all possible, Lee, has been clean and sober for 44 years. 44 years. So he's, he's, between the, he's behind the camera, by yes. the way. Yeah. So let's, I'll do the math. So you've, done, you've got 30 years. Yes. Lee's got 44 years. Between the two of you, you've got a lot of years. <laughs> At least 15. <laughs> That's why he does TV and not, uh, not anything else. Not so, the math department. <laughs> so, yeah. so before we talk about what I, and the thing that's really interesting is how Odyssey's program is probably one of the toughest around still. But back when she went through it, 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 was, it was really tough. But uh, maybe you can tell us your story about how you, how you got into it. And, and we were sort of joking about the drugs that you were hooked on as opposed to what's going on today. Yeah. Well, so I'm a two-time Odyssey Health graduate. My first time I graduated in 88. Um, after multiple rehabs, my, I graduated to the more hardcore program. And I did that program for nine months relapsed and went, I was taken back in handcuffs in six months and handcuffs out of sales and completed in six months and been sober since. And, and, and the drug you were on? Coke. See, not heroin, okay. not meth, but cocaine. Normal An stuff. Old-fashioned Normal girl. stuff compared to today. Coke but and acid and pot it, and it, drinking. Yeah, it's Robin not. Williams, the late Robin Williams had a great line about cocaine. He said, it's God's way of saying you've got too much money. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was very appropriate, but it was very rampant in Salt Lake in the 80s. It was. It was. And I I was with this man that was three times older than I was, and I never paid for it, but I paid for it in different ways. And so, so how did you get involved? With with a, a, a boyfriend or whatever? Or? Um, yeah. So my, my dad was abusive, so um, I just started reaching out. And this man, I used to babysit for this family, and they always had... Um, an adult there for some reason and there he was at 11 and he's 35 and for the next three years it was a very inappropriate relationship basically my body for for all the drugs I wanted at, at age 11 11 and it went on until I was almost 15 when what? I was a runaway and crossed state lines with him boy well that's quite did, a story and, did and the, he supplied you cocaine cocaine oh yes Alcohol? cocaine pot drinking Everything I had drank before I met him, but and did and I grew up in West Jordan. We smoked pot in the fields. All that was normal. But, but you were part. Your family is part of the church. My family is. My mom taught me everything I knew about the church. My dad was is still. My dad was drinking back then. He was post traumatic stress from Vietnam, and so it wasn't it wasn't the best at my house. My mom had to work eighteen hours a day to support seven children. Oh my gosh! So wow. I think we just all acted out in our own way, and. Um, you know, that man, is, well, as awful as it sounds what he did, it hurt less than what my dad was doing at home. So P- PTSD, a lot of veterans from Vietnam suffered it. Yes. But additionally, a lot of kids of those veterans suffered it as well. Yes. Yes. And so you, well, you, you went through an awful, did the, did, did the person who abused you, who you babysat for, did he ever go to jail? He or? did. So... Um, three years later, when I had crossed state lines with them, uh, when I went back to Odyssey House, while I was in Odyssey House, two things happened that I think is the reason I'm still sober today, and that's that he was arrested and sent to prison for sexual offenses towards minors and drug charges. And then my dad threatened my mom, and an undercover cop heard it, and he threatened my dad, and my dad left and never came home. 
So it was the first time leaving a rehab without either one of them, those influences. So that was a huge... So in your situation, you had had such challenges, even at the age of 11, yes. that the idea of a, a, a drug or alcohol just took you away. Yeah, it probably was what made me not kill myself, honestly, because they were incomprehensible demoralization I knew before I even... You know what's amazing is this conversation that Lee and I had just a little while ago about alcohol. In my experience, alcohol never makes anything better. It postpones the agony. But suicide is something that is so... That's final. Yeah, that's a decision you make. And my brother did commit suicide. So I believe that it was because of how he grew up, and he did... He did continue with alcohol. He was in the Navy. I didn't know that people in the Navy killed themselves, but I'm pretty sure the way we grew up, and he was the oldest. He took, just me and him took the brunt of it. Mm. I'm you, pretty sure. You talk about this sort of matter-of-factly now, so you, obviously you've gone through a lot of therapy to be able to deal with it and to be and, and part of the Odyssey, or any, part of any program in terms of getting sober is, is to be honest and open about yeah. what's happened, and that makes things... Not better for what they were, but it makes it easier to deal with as an adult. So what all did you go through to get to the point you're at now? Well, Odyssey House certainly was a huge part. Uh, They taught me skills that saved my life. Uh, You know, back then it was much harder (laughs) than it is now we've talked about. But I... Well, maybe describe that, okay? Well, we used to have... uh, Yeah, could, could you describe a day at Odyssey House? Yeah, so remember I was in the adolescent program. And even in the adolescent program, you know, you get up, you go to school, you have functioning hours. If you don't do your laundry during the function hours, you wore dirty clothes. So you learned real quick. You're 15 minutes early or you're late. Um, we also would have encounter groups at night. And if nobody would cough to the issue, an encounter group is where you're confronting each other. If nobody would confront issue, you could GI until the next day. GI means Make what? Like cleaning, deep cleaning. And they would break you down um, and and build you up and you would have to also wear these signs around your neck you were telling me that yeah what, what, what I like, i'm ag- i'm aggressive or i'm passive aggressive or um you know i'm angry uh you know it all things like that and then you'd have to go to the group and say okay i've learned from my behavior and can i take my sign down i've got a sign that says i'm good at math <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You need more work. (laughs) So how is that helpful? I mean, to me, it sounds sort of like shaming, uh, which is what we as addicts all feel a lot for what we've done, you know. Well, I think what happened is I knew such shame anyway. So, I mean, that was what was happening in the groups, what was happening inside therapy. You know, at first when we had individual sessions with the therapist, I would go into fetal positions. I hated myself. I didn't know how I got there. I mean, all I knew at that point was either physical abuse or sexual abuse. So how to function in the real world, <laughs> yeah. you know, that took a little bit of work. But um, I learned real quick. We had this, we had a sexual abuse group and it took me a long time, even probably not even until I had children of my own to understand fully what happened to me. And anyway, she, when we were, when we would finally cry or break through, they didn't give you Kleenexes. Like, you probably so agree. Your nose is running. Right, right. They said, no, we're not stopping that pain. You need to let it go. And so I was able to, in the individual groups in Odyssey, I mean, individual sessions, let it go so that when I'm dealing with the encounters and, and all that stuff, the signs, it really wasn't as bad as what I'd already dealt with. 
it really was more of a safe way um, to handle confrontation because we all have to handle confrontation, sure. right? But had, having encounters or cleaning the house was not as bad as what I grew up with in my house. Well, I guess not. So when you were going through Odyssey, you were a teenager. Yes. How would that feel? Did you feel amazingly alone yet kind of connected to other people with the same challenges? Talk about that. I did. Uh, one, one of the things that I'm not sure how it is now, but back then we used to do a lot of things at the adult house as well. And I still have connections with the adult house because they stayed. And some of them were in the same groups with the minors. And I think just knowing that even, you know, when you're young and you're watching older people struggle with the same thing, you don't feel alone. Um, I, I'm the only graduate that I know of that have stayed sober since my time in Odyssey House. I have not talked to, I've only seen one other graduate since. Wow. So, but I have seen multiple of the adults since. And the statistics are not great. They're not super bad. It, roughly, what in a great program, maybe five out of ten people will stay sober. Is that a fair number? We don't have long-term results is the problem. We only have results of how many people have completed our program. And, and we have the best completion rate of any, of any treatment center in Utah. And that's about 65 to 70 percent completing the program but in terms of and you and I were talking about this earlier we send out emails and letters to people who who have gone on from our program and ask them how they're doing today and if if we just based our numbers on the returns we get from that it'd be like 98% successful because the only people who return are the people who are staying clean and sober but the people who relapse don't return anything so I don't know and that there makes was, a lot of and sense there, there was an email when I graduated so I never <laughs> it received it didn't exist I never received an email but so, I can tell you 30 years later I'm still clean and sober <laughs> that is amazing and we are not in any way, shape, or form saying that Odyssey House is no. the only answer. No. It is a solution for many people. And the number that we've got up on the bottom of the screen, and for those of you listening on a podcast... 801-322-3222. I might forget that someday, so I'm glad you remember that. <laughs> as long as you start it. But this is, the number is for Odyssey House, and what I say each and every show is that Sometimes when you've got the weight of the world on your shoulders, if you can share that with one person, call the people at Odyssey House know that people are calling in from the show and they've got resources, they've got numbers to call, they've got there are other treatment centers. Speaking of that, she works at one. Yeah. Tell us about that. So I work at Papillon House. Uh, it's sober living. Um, I work with uh, women and some and the men as well. Uh, about I'd say about eighty percent of our clients are coming from the prison. And uh, they just go from the, I always joke, inmate to intake <laughs> that day. And um, I, It's Papillon House. Papillon House. And how would people get a hold of Papillon House? Um, they could probably uh, contact me. I'm sorry, I don't have their number. No, that's okay. Say, but but you, well, could, you could Google it. Yeah, you could Google and, Papillon House. And um, any one of us are more than Now, are you associated help. with the church? I am. I'm an actual addiction recovery missionary for the LDS Church as well. So I so, feel like my life has been blessed. And so this is something that I did not know the church had. And yes. I'm, I'm super impressed. Thank you. It, because the perception of the church is that because no one drinks in the church, which is not the case. I mean, I'm, I'm a big boy. I understand that. 
but that drugs and alcohol are not a challenge. Not that people in the church don't have challenges. Those are not the perceived challenges, but nothing could be further from the truth. Right. We have recovery meetings just like AA, NACA. We have, I've been doing meetings for the church for many, many years. Um, I'm on my now second mission in addiction recovery mission. My first mission I served at Orange Street Halfway House with it, similar to the women I'm serving now in my work. And then I'm on my second mission now. And I just, I really feel like... Is your bike parked out there? <laughs> no, I, I drove my car. Oh, okay. <laughs> she doesn't have a badge on. Yeah. I, I took my badge off. I did leave the mission correlation meeting before I came here. Okay. So I, I joke about how I went from Sister Ewer to Sharon Ewer. Okay. <laughs> or vice versa. But I really am blessed because I know that my past had a purpose. Right? And, and today I get to live out what that purpose is. And, and there really is a big difference, I've noticed. When you're in recovery yourself and have your own story, you can communicate better with the people you're working with. Can you sort of describe that? I mean, it's not like you're like, you know, a Ph.D. psychiatrist or something. It's like, hey, I, I was there too. How does that work? Uh, I think it works wonders. And in my case, uh, at the age of 14, I was getting told that this man... Um, that I've talked about, so he was trying to get me in prostitution circles, and um, I'm glad I was spared that because I turned myself in and kind of had to have some trust. But the women I work with, uh, most of them have been abused. Most of them have prostitution in their backgrounds, and I can say, look, I know what this feels like. I know how um, you, how you want to self-sabotage, but let me tell you what I have done or what treatment has worked for me that maybe it will work for you. And a matter of fact, the women, uh, like I was a runner and some of them are runners and I make them sign a little contract with me when they feel like they're gonna run. Hey, I will not run. I'm promising Sharon I won't run. She didn't run so she's not gonna let me run and we have a little contract. And because Papillon means butterfly, um, I sell it with a butterfly. And they get a coffee and I get a coffee. And so when they're having a hard day, I pull out the contract. Or if I'm having a hard day, they can pull out the contract. And, and I think also they see that I'm honest. You know, if I, sure. you know, sure. I have a pretty good most days, but some days I'm, don't, I'm not good either. And I can say, you know what? Not the greatest day ever. So and, you come from a background that is very much different than many people in the church. Yes. That gives you a unique perspective. Randall was alluding to it that because you've been through a lot of these challenges. Do you go about helping to train other people within the church? I do, yes. So they're utilizing your tough background. Yes, and I also have participated on a podcast on LDS.org on the 12 steps. I participated in six of the 12. Really? Where I got to tell my story, and that went worldwide as well. And wow. I never... Do you have more countries that have listened to you than our podcast? I, they probably have. I, I, have heard, I have heard that. Um, I've heard from people on my Facebook page actually went up to 5,000 people because they only allow 5,000. She's so got to speak. She's I was talking to people all over. I, I talked to people in India who said that they were in a treatment program celebrating my birthday. And I have friends all over the world now. Iran, Bangladesh, and, and the story is the same. I've even had people from Pakistan reach out to me. And yet the women there can't talk about it because it can be death. Sure, sure. And um, I'm able to share my story with them underground. And that's I mean, I, what, what God has done with my, you know, this story that seems so big is he's, he's made it big in a way that works for him, not, not yeah. for me, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, and what's interesting is 
someone who's not a member of the church, your mission probably is so much more encompassing and changes people probably more than any other missionary. That sounds ridiculous to say, but you have an opportunity because of your background and the way the church is helping out to really, really affect a lot of people who could then in turn affect a lot of people. Yeah, I hope so. I always um, told, I always do still tell the people I serve on my mission, they don't need a badge to be a missionary. They just need to get each other to the meetings. They need to get each other away from the next drug and the next drink. They need to get each other to a safe place. And if they're doing that, they're missionaries. And that's that's what I've been telling for years and years now. And I'm still in touch with the women from Orange Street, and some of them are still sober. And they will send me messages all the time. Don't worry, I'm still sober. I'm still taking them. I'm still a missionary. I go, yes, you are. That is so cool. Better than anybody. Wow. What percent would you say of the people in the LDS Church who are active have a challenge? Is there any number that you've heard? Um, I think it's, I haven't heard a number, but I would say it's more than people think. And a matter of fact, um, our, one of our facilitators was the mission companion to Elder Holland. And he went to Elder Holland and said, why isn't this talked about more? And Elder Holland stopped the Ensign at press right then and got an article about the addiction program in the Ensign. And then if you've heard general conferences at all ever since, but every conference and they've talked about addiction or depression um, and have really done more to get this out there. Well, that's, that, that is so impressive. And the fact that the church is aware of this challenge. Yeah, years yeah. ago, I'm sure the LDS church would not have admitted uh, or publicly done, said, okay, we have members who have problems too, so let's start a program. You know, and, and, and in the Catholic church, they have... A, had at least a high incidence of priests with drinking problems yeah. and it was I mean it became a real problem and something the Catholic Church reached out in the 60s to try to counsel priests well, well, look how long it's taken the Catholic Church to talk about, about priest sexual abuse I mean forever. exactly and, and if you this know. had come out 50 years ago I just read over the weekend the Archdiocese of New York had to go bankrupt one of the richest because of the lawsuits yeah sure one of the richest organizations in religion so the the fact that the LDS church has seen that there's a problem and is working towards it sounds like something that's pretty darn smart and and just one thing to give you like history the the church's addiction program has been around about 35 years okay so so Papillon House is it for people of LDS faith only it is not it, probably most of our people are not LDS and coming out of prison, is it a situation where when someone, an individual gets out of prison that they have to go to a, a treatment center? Is that part of their getting probation? Or? Yes. Yes, but some of them are there because they want to be, are not court-ordered to be there, but some of them are. Our first guest, and then she came back again, was a young lady who, when we first saw her a year or so ago, was facing federal prison time, and not a little bit, quite a bit, and chose to go into Odyssey House even though I thought if that were me and I had was currently drinking, I would drink up to the day I went in. And, yeah, because but, she was she was virtually guaranteed of a 10-year federal prison term for delivering a large quantity of meth. But as Tripp was going to say, she, she self-admitted herself to Odyssey House. She had about five or six months before her trial and successfully completed uh, Odyssey House. And because she did so well... 
and she worked with the courts. She was just given probation and no no prison term, and she's doing great now. Phenomenal, Wonderful. and it is one That's of those wonderful. stories. And yeah. if you take a look at why people are locked up in this day and age, it's drugs and alcohol. I mean, mm-hmm. it really is. Drugs, people have a drug issue, and they will do whatever it takes to get those drugs, so it includes a lot of crime. I mean, we are putting people in prison who should be in treatment. Agreed. And that's why we have the highest rate of incarceration in the world. Yep. And it's a, it's a tough situation. So if you could talk to your 11-year-old you, what would you say? I would, I actually think about her often. And I would, first of all, hug her and say, look what you've done with your life since you were 11. And look what God did to you. He used you for a good purpose. And yeah, it sucked at the time. Um, a matter of fact, today is um, my mom's birthday. She passed away in January. And mm. I've said many times that I know I'm sober because of her tears and her prayers. And I would She say, must have been amazingly proud of you. Yeah. I think she told me many times, and I was proud of her, and I was grateful for her example. And I just believe that, um, and a matter of fact, I got to be with my mom last two weeks of her life, day and night. And uh, I would tell my 11-year-old self, um, probably, Mom, look what I did. Mom, um, you know what? I, it was worth throwing me in treatment day in. And, you know, if she threw me in treatment six times. She was the one that got all my blame and anger. And um, I, I would say, I've done it. And I, I would also say, look, what you're, you're going to go through some stuff. <laughs> you're going to go through some stuff. At 11, I would tell myself, you're going to go through some stuff in this life. I'm 45 now. I have five children, eight grandchildren. None of them were even a thought when I got sober. And that you don't have to give up. That was, life has been worth living. Life has been worth doing. And it's been great to be sober, to do that life. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't be if I had kept using. I know I wouldn't because they say jails, institutions, and death. And I'd already been arrested and in six treatment centers before the age of 15. Six so treatment centers? Before the age of 15. Two-time Odyssey House graduate by then. Wow. And Randall? This I, is it's a, an amazing story. I, I'm... I'm so you're kind of a conduit. When you go out because of your position as being a newsman, people do come up and they kind of... I was at the Odyssey booth so that's where, at Recovery Day. So she came up and I'm so glad you did because... Why didn't we have a booth? I, what would you call it? Uh, well, I would miss... I'd screw up the name <laughs> of the show, which is pretty much my MO. But uh, yeah. we, you know, all joking aside, your position as a news guy before you worked at Odyssey House allows you to meet a lot of people. Oh, sure. Have, there are so many amazing stories out there, and yours is right up there. Yeah. This is, I mean, it, it, and again, Randall pointed out, having been through what you've been through, you can talk to anyone. Because I don't think there would be anyone that you would talk to about addiction and recovery who's had it any worse. Or sexual abuse as yeah. a very young girl. I, I mean, yeah, you, you have the makings of a movie, is, is what <laughs> I mean. No offense, but you know it's an it's an incredible story, and you, what a journey! I I mean, you've blown me away. You didn't. And she didn't tell me any of this. She just told me that I graduated from Odyssey House in whatever year. What year was it? See, I forget. Nineteen eighty nine. Eighty nine. Eighty nine. You know, and I just said, hey. and eighty eight as well. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, and right. your story is amazing. And uh, so we'll throw up, uh, Lee will throw up on the bottom of the screen for those of you watching on Comcast 17, uh, Papillon's email address and yes. phone number. Yeah. And we'll have that in the bottom of the screen. Otherwise, if you want to uh, reach out, for those of you listening, just Google Papillon House in Salt Lake. Yes. And how much is do you charge for fee? How does that work for Papillon? Um, there is a fee. Most of our clients are Medicaid funded. Okay. So um, there is some private. Uh, there, the housing is about 800 a month. And then the treatment, um, I, I don't really deal with that part, so I'm not sure. But when I get back to the office, I'll make sure I send you the information, the contact information okay. for Papillon House. It's, it's a wonderful program as well. I, I just... I don't think in today's world you can go wrong what treatment you do. I just know I'm blessed that I did the Odyssey House program back 30 years ago. I just know for a fact that it saved my life today. I know oh. that for a fact. Well, you have been an amazing guest, and I feel really, I was going to use the term blessed, but I, I've... You can feel, use the term blessed. I feel okay. blessed to have met you, and I for you to tell our story has made for an amazing show. Thank you so much. Thank you. I say thank you. I'm so glad. I, I mean, it, it's so fortuitous that you came up and talked to me. And it was just like, hey, you need to be on our podcast. So thank you for coming up to me. I mean, and introducing yourself. I appreciate it. For you. those of you with some great stories to tell, you can reach out to Randall at 801-322-3222. Odyssey House. Give him a call. Let him know about your story. We want to introduce our viewing audience to as many people who've really affected people so positively. And coming up in our, uh, now that we're past 30 shows, we, I think, met some really amazing oh, people. we have. And, and if you're uh, in Russia, don't forget, if you come here, you can be on our show. Wow, and that'd be... For our one viewer there. And Aer you get dinner. Yeah, and <laughs> dinner, and dinner. Yes. Aeroflot has a nonstop from Moscow <laughs> to Salt Lake City. <laughs> so thanks for watching. We'll see you next time. And if you get a chance, tell people about this show. We really enjoy doing it and like to have as many people as possible listen and or watch. We'll see you next time. Thanks for watching.